This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? Jolly Coming to you live from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it's THN, cover to cover, for Saturday, May 22nd. And folks, my name's Matt Bond. And I am the Internet's Joe Patrick. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 11 Central Time, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page and on Zoom to wrap up about the week's new comics, nerd news, movies, TV, and of course... The question of the week, live with you, the listeners. This is a live show, just like Joe Patrick said. It is your sports talk, coast to coast radio, minus the uh, anti-vax George Nori bullshit. And we need you to play along. So jump into our Zoom. You can find that link at the top of our live stream and Facebook. You can call us at 402-819-4894 if you want to rap with us. Or you can just lurk in the Facebook live chat, say some funny stuff now and again, and we will interact with you there as well. If you can't call in live, leave us a message, all right? 402-819-4894. Or shoot an mp3 to twoheadnerd at gmail.com. Before we open these phone lines, though, Joe Patrick and I like to reset some uh, headlines we're following. Talk about them. Don't. Totally up to you. But we call the second Nerd News. Nerd News. Good. Got a little ab work in there. That's good. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. great, great work. Got to do it. Got to make time every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. You know, got to get them crunches in. You know, some burpees. Can you do some, Can you do burpees while we record? I don't think so. I'm afraid I'll unplug something. I don't know what a burpee is. So okay. Yeah, it's a that it's much up and down, and you know, it's a lot. That much is obvious. It's a lot. <laughs> that much is obvious to anybody watching the the Facebook live video. You, you do a different kind of burpee. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, uh, leading off the news, and it's probably something we should save for Jimbo when he gets here. Um, but uh, Berserk creator Kentaro Miura passed away uh, this week at age 54, uh, which is a huge deal in the world of manga. Yeah. There are a lot of potential implica- questions, rather, about what that means for uh, the future of the series, which has been running continuously uh, for. Ever. Yeah. Mind blowing. Uh, it, it's like the 80s. It's been around forever. It's it has been running a very, very long time. Uh, it, it, he started in, in 1989. Uh, we've got some new Superman and Batman cartoons coming for HBO Max. Uh, one of them is a, the Batman show is being produced by J.J. Abrams, which it, we knew that he he's got a very large, very expensive uh, deal with Warner Brothers for the production of uh, their properties. Um, but the big news here is that, uh, Bruce Tim, uh, is coming back. Bruce Tim, of course, was the, uh, one of the main driving forces behind the Batman, uh, behind Batman, the animated series in the nineties, uh, which is largely considered the greatest Batman, the greatest superhero cartoon probably ever made. Yeah. Without a doubt. Matt Reeves is involved in this too. Which and I didn't. Yeah, know. I mean, like I'm sure that there's going to be some synergy between this and the movie. Um, I didn't know but, that uh, Reeves and JJ like came out of the JJ Abrams studio. I didn't know that they used to work together. Uh oh, yeah, they worked together on Felicity and Ten Cloverfield yeah, Lane, they, according they, to this story. They've been together like forever, so this is a reunion of buddies too. 
Um, there is a piece of promo art that looks very golden age Batman. Yeah. He's got like the wide set ears, uh, but it is very Bruce, Tim, Art Deco, Gotham. Dark, like it looks like mysterious fun. Yeah. I mean, it, like, and so, like maybe they'll be, I'm not saying I need my Batman cartoons to be like super, super violent and, and, and gory and full of cuss words, no, but not like, at all. it's I, probably going to have an edge to it. That's a little bit more than what we would find on like kids. WB. Uh, look, you know? I hope so. But I would argue that Batman, the animated series had an edge to it that you don't see. on Well, it certainly did. It's kids certainly WB did. anymore, you know, and, and look, that's the best Batman cartoon ever. In fact, I'll go out on a limb and say it's the only Batman cartoon I care about. The rest of them, eh. I, I can't think of another one that I really enjoyed that wasn't like purposely funny or something, you know? Right. I mean, they've all had completely different. <laughs> yeah, like the Brave and the Bold was great. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but that's, sure, that's yeah. not what I want to go to for my Batman, you know? Uh, on the complete flip side of that, however, we are getting a Superman cartoon. Uh, it is called My Adventures with Superman, <laughs> and it's going for what appears to be a much more all ages kind of bent. It's got a very obvious anime uh, influenced style. Um, it looks very cute, but it's also like um, Superman, and, like Clark and Lois as kids, right? No, they're 20 somethings. Oh, they are 20 somethings. Okay. They are 20 something. Uh, they're fledgling reporters kind of coming up in the ranks at the daily planet. And, um, it's being described as, uh, as being for kids and family. Mm. Uh, so obviously a much different, uh, a much different uh, tone than the Batman show. And if they're not, which doing is fine, if they're it's not fine. doing super babies, I don't care. You know, like I want to see <laughs> super babies, adorable Lois, adorable Clark. So the, we don't really know much more other than the fact that we've, we've got this kind of very anime looking, uh, piece of, uh, of art, but, uh, the biggest news I would say, I guess from this is that, uh, the boys star Jack Quaid. He he plays Huey on The Boys. Is voicing Superman and Clark, uh, which is you know fun. He'll, I like yeah, him. He'll be great. I I don't care about this. He'll be great. <laughs> so like I'll like I don't like I'm not a, I'm not scared to watch a kids cartoon. Um, if it's good, it's good. Sure. We've got uh, the Snake Eyes trailer to talk about. Matt has many feelings. I have feelings. Uh, we don't need to get into it right now. No, if somebody brings I want to talk up, about it with you guys. Yes. Um, we've got a trio of Marvel titles making a comeback. Uh, we've got Darkhawk is coming back for his 30th anniversary. No, we reported on that, though. We knew this was happening. No, we didn't report on that. This, I, is, this news just dropped. This is it really? I thought there was a Darkhawk yes. project that we talked about, and I told you. There that was a Dark Horse one shot that came out a Dark few Hawk weeks ago or oh, a couple okay. months ago. Okay. Neither one of us reviewed it. No. Um, so there is a new Darkhawk because following the end of that last Darkhawk one shot, it appears, it appeared that the original Darkhawk Chris Powell died and he sent his amulet into space, Green Lantern style to find a successor. Hmm. Uh, so this will be a new Darkhawk, a complete redesign. Uh, I fully this is, admit it's going to, didn't know Darkhawk's powers came from space. I had no clue. Uh, yeah, they come, well, they come from another dimension to be more uh, accurate. I thought uh, he wore a suit of armor. I didn't know. Uh, it's a body swap thing. Um, they uh, are interdimensional space cops. And uh, whoever holds the amulet trades places with the body of an android warrior. No shit. Yeah, no shit. I did not. I knew nothing about this. <laughs> it's Apparently. 100%, 100% okay. I am. All I am right. crapping. I am crapping you negative, my okay. friend. Okay, Dark Hawk. Uh, 
this project is going to be i have some creators here let's see here uh it's going to be written by kyle higgins who we really like yeah uh the art is by kyle higgins is the kind of guy that could really pull this off too right if they lean into it and go all right you know dark hawk kind of silly sure but, and it's in his wheelhouse. It's in his wheelhouse. Do it that like kind of, a power updated Power Rangers type right, thing. Right. All of a sudden, yeah, that could be a lot of fun and really interesting. I mean, yes. it doesn't have to be extreme 90s stupid dark. <laughs> right. Uh, the artist on this project is Juanan Ramirez, who I uh, the name I recognize, but yeah. I don't really I can't place the work. Um, we're also getting a Defenders relaunch from Al Ewing. And artist Javier Rodriguez. Possibly the only uh, thing that will make me care about the Defenders. I'm just going to say it. I don't care about the Defenders. And yeah, I would, it's hard to care about the Defenders. I would love to hear from you guys. What did I miss? Is there a Defenders thing that I missed that will make me care? Because I have yet to see it. And I've tried reading the classic stuff. I dipped my toes in the weird. I think it's the sort of thing you kind of had to grow up with. I you know, like my love of the new warriors, you know, people, I just never, people love what they love. But like the defenders never made sense to me. I never got why we needed the defenders. It was just such a thrown together super team. You know, that's the point. The defenders were a non team. Yeah, that was their that, tagline. Gotta hate that. <laughs> See, you just don't get it. Is the thing. I, yeah, apparently. Anyhow, anyhow. Uh, so this is spinning out of both. Um, well, it may, it's probably not spinning out of uh, The Last Defense. Al Ewing wrote a portion of The Best Defense, which was a little mini event in 2018. Right. I can't, I don't, God, it seems like it wasn't that long ago. Um, but this is more spinning out of Marvel Comics 1000, uh, which was all about the masked raider and a very uh, dark and deep mystery. Yeah. That so was, the mask, like, the masked raider is all up on in, in this book. That it's was also a whole got, thing. And we didn't, did they do anything with it? Did it, did it happen? This, it, oh, it's happening right now. I'll get to you in just a moment here. So we've got classic defenders members, Dr. Strange and the silver surfer. Uh, we've also got cloud, which was a, an 80s Defenders character. Cloud? I don't know shit about Cloud. I don't know no yes. Cloud. It, go to your Marvel handbook and look it up. I ain't got time for that. Oh, man. We've got the Mass Raider, of course. We've also got the Red She-Hulk, uh, who these days looks more like the Harpy. Isn't uh, the Red She-Hulk? From the pages of the Betty, Immortal Hulk. Right? Isn't it Betty? Red She-Hulk is Betty, yes. Yeah, okay. Oof, I don't care. Um, so, but Al Ewing, so yeah, we I do care. I do care about Al Ewing. I just, and Javier Rodriguez, he's an amazing artist. So yeah, it's going to be great. Um, and then the last book that Marvel pumped up this week is, uh, they announced the new creative team for Black Panther following the departure of Ta-Nehisi Coates. Uh, it will get a relaunched, uh, number one, obviously, and it will be written by 12 years a slave screenwriter, John Ridley. It's just too bad they couldn't get a big name. You know, I know with art by Juan Cabal, who I adore. Uh, So I think that book's going to be great. And we constantly say, like, how do you follow? Like, how do you follow that? How do you follow Tanisi Coates? Okay, how about they did it? An Oscar nominated director. (laughs) The answer is the answer is just like this. There you go. Um, For me, the the biggest thing here, like John Ridley, yes, but uh, they've got a brand new Black Panther logo for the first time in probably 30 years, yeah. and it kicks ass. Yeah, it's the cool. new Black Panther logo is awesome. It's very cool. All right, let's speed this up. Uh, we got some poor jerk on hold here. Xenoscope's Possessive, which was described as the grudge meets forgetting Sarah Marshall in a comic book from the creator of ABC's The Goldbergs. I love Adam Goldberg. 
I and love when zombies. I posted that, I posted <laughs> that headline on the Facebook and Twitter with the caption, this headline turned my brain inside out. And I was stunned to see not only Keith Binder, but Matt Baum come out in support of this idea. I think it looks like fun. And I like Adam Goldberg. He's really, he's a genuinely funny guy. It's like uh-huh. a zombie love story is from what it uh-huh. looks like. Yeah. And like, look, Zinescope doesn't put out a lot of stuff that we cover or care about. This looks like they're taking a chance and they're going to try and do something funny. And if you want to do like weird, sexy stuff, do a sex comedy. And if you're going to do a sex comedy, do it with a dead person. I love it. <laughs> it sounds Weirdo. like fun. <laughs> uh, the last couple of quick bullet points to keep in the back of your mind. We've got uh, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead dropped last night on Netflix. Uh, and also uh, Modoc. The last gasp of Marvel television yep. hit Hulu last night, uh, starring Patton Oswalt as Modoc. It's very robot chickeny stop motion animation type. Seth Green is your um, executive producer. Seth Green's involved, yeah. yes. And uh, so, yeah, we got a lot to talk about this week. All right. But before, before we do this, before we talk to this poor person that's been holding so patiently, question of the week. Reset. Go. This week's question comes from Harvey Locust. What's a story? What's a story element or characteristic? that was adapted poorly taken from comics adapted poorly in movies and TV also vice versa if you can think of one something that comics took from movies or TV and did better I love it let's get into it I'm, Hello. Take, I'm taking you off hold caller who this? it is James Kaplan how are you James Kaplan good to James, talk to you brother James what's up bud been a while <laughs> yes yes well I thought you know I've, I'm often just so busy at the time when the show's on but like i was like this is the day this is the day i'm gonna call in so well, here i am i'm glad you finally got your priorities straight and i appreciate that okay? i did yes yes i was <laughs> like not, family not, uh, you can wait <laughs> you know he's 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 taking a break from the bot mitzvah planning sure let's route so let's yeah. talk yeah thank you for inviting us by the way or inviting joe anyway i yeah. appreciate yeah, it i told you he invited me he doesn't Joe's not even you. jewish <laughs> I'm I'm so sorry. I'll we'll we'll send you the the, the YouTube highlights package Fair after, enough. It's, after it's done. Fair enough. Uh, um. So no, I uh, let's see. I was looking at uh, your question of the week, and I was trying to think of examples of stuff that I actually think is better in the movies than in the comics. And actually, two came to mind. Um, one, and you know, I I knock him plenty for various reasons in various movies. Um. I think the ending of Zack Snyder's Watchmen yes. is actually better than the comic. I think it's much better. Like, I've always thought the squid thing was so stupid. Um, yeah. But that's just me. No, I 100% agree with you. And I like, yeah. And when people are like, well, you're just anti Snyder because you didn't, uh, you didn't like the Snyder cut, that's false. I love the Watchmen movie. And I fully agree. The end was better thought out and better written. Now, there is an argument that Alan Moore was trying to do an allegorical comic book meta thing that in the comic with the giant squid and whatnot, that, that just wouldn't work on screen. And on screen, when you set the story well, with and he also, the he Cold also War. Took, he also took, a, you know, 12 issues to set it up. Right. So, whereas right. Watchmen and had two this, and a half And hours. the whole thing in the comic about, like, you know, the island full of the artists and philosophers right. and yada yada. And, and like, and... You know, Snyder wisely dropped that whole subplot. It's just not necessary. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the ending of like, let's make, let's frame Dr. Manhattan so therefore he shouldn't be there anymore. Like, 
is a really smart ending. You know, you know, I want to give credit where credit is due. And like, and I was saying recently that like, I really liked Watchmen at the time. I mean, I haven't seen it in years it's and I really liked 300 at the time. I did too. Um, and even. it also still holds up. Yeah. What doesn't hold up the extended Watchmen cut. It is the perfect example of why Zack Snyder needs to be edited. <laughs> and the Justice right. League cut is the ultimate example of why he needs to be edited. I, <laughs> I, did, I did slog through that. And, you know, that was, I mean, that was an experience. And I just remember thinking, like, look, if you actually, if you cut out iconic posing and slow-mo shots, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's like half the movie. So yeah. you could, like, yes. <laughs> you could get rid of a lot of time if you like wanted to cut down on those things. Um, but um, yeah, no, I mean, like I also, frankly, this is just as an aside, I feel like he, and again, I haven't seen the new, the new zombie movie, but like, I kind of feel like he got worse as a filmmaker. Cause like I was saying recently, I'm like, look, if nothing else, 300 and Watchmen are amazing looking movies. Yeah, and I was like, well, if nothing beautiful. else, he's an incredible visual stylist, but I'm like, where did that go? No, I like, agree. I, I, yeah. And you got to wonder if, if possibly he was a little more reined in by the studio back then and didn't have the full freedom he is allowed now. And when that freedom did start to blossom, we got movies like, uh, what was the one with the girl in the insane asylum or the whole thing took sucker place? punch, sucker punch, which I mean, looks pretty neat, but oh my God, it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I, I never saw, I never saw that one. You don't need to. Um, but um, the other one that just occurred to me as far as the comics and the movies and stuff was I was thinking about how, you know, the MCU movies took a lot of good visual stuff from the Ultimates, but, but put it into a, you know, much more, you know, enjoyable or not like a much, a, frankly, a more enjoyable story with much more heart and a lot less cynicism than the, the Mark Millar. A hundred percent agree with on, that. Yeah. on the superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like because the ultimate, right, like obviously, you know, the Avengers owes a huge visual debt to, um, to, to, to the, to you know, Miller and Hitch's ultimates. But like, I, I'm just, I'm really glad that we did not get, you know, as much as I think I enjoyed it at the time I read it. Like, I'm really glad we did not get the like, you know, do you think this? Do you think the letter on this, you know, hat stands for France, Captain America? Yes, yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I, I, yeah, because he was doing like a John Wayne. Captain America almost. And it's just like now uh, like uh, wait, wait, Mark wait, wait, Miller's wait. Mark Miller's ultimates upon revisiting uh, like it's the same. It's the same thing as with uh, wanted and uh, so many other projects he's done where it's like, this is Mark Miller making fun of this thing that I love. Yeah, pretty much like, you know, right. it, uh, under the guy, under the guise of like deconstructing it. Right. You know, you're not, you're not deconstructing. He's like, like Captain it, America not, is a proud boy and fucking Thor right. is like, like a cult uh, leader. And, like you know, wanting, like, like having the Hulk <laughs> want to eat Freddie Prince Jr. Right. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, that's stupid. It, it, like it's a funny one liner, <laughs> but no, come yeah. on. Right. Right. Of course. Um, of course. Um, and which reminds me that I am um, one of my, my goals, um, the rest of the family is actually going away for a night, which is exciting. So, you know, the wild thing I'm going to do is catch up on TV. So, um, right. I thought you say shrooms, but cool. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I, I didn't say that there weren't going to be those shrooms there, but, are great you know. for catching up on TV. Let me tell you, <laughs> <All right. laughs> but, um, it does remind me that I have still not yet watched Jupiter's legacy. And like, ah. I remember, like, I really enjoyed the comic, but frankly, what I mostly enjoyed about the comic was Frank Quitely. 
Yeah. <laughs> so yes. like, cause he's amazing and he makes yeah. everything better. So I'm just like, eh, it doesn't, I don't know. Have you guys, I forget if you guys have actually watched it or not. We, okay. So Joe watched like the whole damn thing. I watched, oh, I watched okay. uh, six out of the eight and I haven't gone back. <laughs> I watched three episodes and quite honestly, I was bored. I was really bored. And it seems like mm. now, and I don't know if you've read the, what they now call volume one, which is like where the heroes came from in the past. And like the, it, I it was have, the, prequel story. The, the reorganizing, the reorganizing of it sort of confuses me, but yeah, no, I've read both of like the Jupiter's legacy books and the Jupiter, like I've, the ones that are drawn by Wilfredo Torres. Yeah, yeah no, I've yes. read, I've yeah, read all yeah. of those. Okay. So um, they mix a lot of that in with the modern story. But they made so many just really odd story changes that I don't think are interesting. And that's not to say that, like, Mark Millar's story was amazing and it changed. kind of. But, like, look, it flowed really well. And now you're taking characters out, putting different characters, putting characters in different places than they were in the book for no reason, for literally no yeah. reason. Mm. And I, yeah, like there's, a, right. there's this whole thing we talked about on the show. There's this whole thing where they the, on the Netflix show, they have taken the son and turned him into this wannabe superhero, which is not at all what the character was in the right. comic. And, and it was so much more interesting when you had like, look, you have these two shithead kids that were raised by super people and they can't help but be shitheads. They did not have a normal life. They're basically celebrity children. Who were right, raised, it's, like right. the, it's like being raised by the Hiltons. Yeah, you know, but imagine you were raised by the Hiltons and you have superpowers. You're good. There's a good chance you suck bad, you know, <laughs> like really right, bad. Right. Like the Kardashians don't like you bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> and when you take <laughs> right, that right. out of it and you just have like, well, there's one screw up, pair, you know, kid, but the other kid's trying to do good by dad. Give me a break. Like, I mean, the only thing I can oh. think of is that they wanted to have a contrast between the two kids, which right. I, I understand from a storytelling perspective, but it, it the, but the, the son's journey to like please his dad. That's not that was not interesting. No. To me. And the contrast is there oh. in the comic. It just happens later when you see one kid go, okay, yeah, I do have to grow up and do something. And the other kid just gets the power and becomes a snotty, you know, jackass Superman that tries to run the United States. And it's terrifying. And taking that out of it, oh, not to mention Josh Dumel's weird wig and makeup all right listen this is not we're not doing a we're not so doing weird. a whole jupiter's legacy <laughs> so james dark. if you're yeah, looking yeah. for rec if you're looking for recommendations for things to catch up on uh while you're uh alone at home uh jupiter's legacy is probably not on the list it's not real high. It's, okay now what about yeah. invincible i haven't watched any of yes. that but it's heard great hundred percent it. so good do invincible okay. you'll love it and it's it's short shots i mean they're not real long you're like what 30 minutes each uh, no, so, uh, some yeah, of no, them were I, upwards of like 40, 50 minutes. Yeah, I guess you're like, right. They, it was, Somewhere. It was and, a lengthy, yeah. But you'll, you'll shock and it. I, it's great. Yeah, no, that sounds fun. I mean, like, I, I didn't read the whole thing. Like, I read a bunch of trades of it, and I read it sort of off and on, and like, read the end of it. So, like, like no, but I always thought it was a fun comic, and um, yeah, no, I, I, I've been curious to check that one out, too. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's so well done and, that it'll get you wanting to go revisit that comic and read it all the way. Yeah. It totally yeah. No, will. fair enough. It fair absolutely enough. will. Um, the Jupiter, yeah, no, the Jupiter's legacy though. I was definitely, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, you know, get a sidetracked on this, but definitely like the costumes and like the still photos I've seen, like, I'm like, it's I guess weird, it's man. true to the comic, but 
it's a, I, I like, it's a choice and it's an honor yeah. that they made and it doesn't have to be that way anymore you know <laughs> like the cw is doing shows with half the budget that where the costumes look way better way better and it just blows my mind <laughs> oh that just reminded me yeah, of something I, else that that happened <laughs> late late yesterday is that uh uh, uh the cw uh released its first look at Jordan Fisher Impulse. in costume as Impulse. Uh, and it is one of the worst Photoshop jobs I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah. it's, they're like, it, oh, it looks okay. like they were like, oh shit, we don't have the costume? Like, no, I didn't know we needed it today. The photo is today. Like, like all right. they, I know that they had oh, the costume. We can fix it, but it's really bad. We just take his head and I we drag it over that. here. <laughs> I, think I, I think I saw that briefly, like quickly, just somewhere like on Twitter or elsewhere. I saw that. I actually thought it was just like a joke or something. Like I didn't realize that that was an actual. No, it looks. Publicity. It looks like yes, one of those comicbook.com yeah. report or comic book whatever resources where they're like fan picture of so and so like reignites discussion of this. You know? Right. <laughs> like, oh God. Okay. Barf. Um, you know. I, yeah, have to, no, it's, I have to. Admit, it's all too I, real. I. I have to admit, I dropped off on the Flash like maybe last season. I just. Yeah. I don't know. It just. It stopped being as fun. like, and I hung in there for a while for like, I don't know, five seasons or whatever or something. But like, it just stopped being fun to I'm me. Like, you. I liked it initially because I was like, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm with but you. But then it wasn't. I, I don't know. Um, pretty much at this point, I'm like, the only show I'm committed to watching every episode of on the CW is is Legends of Tomorrow because I think it's, it's so good, the greatest thing ever. So um, it's, it's so good, the most absurd. Did you see you're the one? To, um, you're up to date, right, James? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the throne, the like the, the singing the show, and like, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> it was so good. Oh man, yeah, it it's just... Legends of Tomorrow revels in its silliness. Oh yeah, and it is so much fun to watch. James, we got to keep moving. We got some other people waiting yeah. here, but it's good to talk to you, man. Well, yeah, good talk. Good to talk to you guys too. We'll talk right. soon. Bye, okay, James. Brother. Yeah, you were oh, saying. You, you were saying, Joe. No, that was it. It was just like like Legends of Tomorrow, like. It it soaks in its own ridiculous juices. I know, and it's like I know it does. It does. I, I it's it's so good. It's so so good. I get it, and I I know why people like it, and that's it's fine. JD, how are you today? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm trying to be I as diplomatic as I can here. So <laughs> I hope you'll commend my uh, restraint and staying quiet this whole time. I noticed you're unmuted just now, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. But then again, it's not. I mean, the guy—he's a pro. Yeah, you know. You also don't have like monkeys running around the background like Brian Domingos does. He's got wild yeah, animals in that house that he's raising, and they're just—they're out I'm, of control. I was afraid you were going to hear my dog snoring. So, <laughs> um, well, last night when we recorded, we couldn't hear Patrick's dog licking himself. So yes, there was some discussion of that. <laughs> uh, so. Or pardon me, herself. Um, what do we want to rap about today, JD? Let's get back on the rails, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, well, I, I want to piggyback off something that James mentioned regarding the Ultimates. Um, I too have recently gone back and revisited the Ultimates, and uh, you know, I've gone on record on this show of being an Ultimates apologist. But uh, yeah, going back and rereading it, uh, it's really negative. Oh and, yeah, so and cynical. Like so yeah. cynical, and it, and and I and I feel like the MCU in general has taken all the good parts of the Ultimate Universe and then just boiled out the cynicism. So yeah. it's the positive reflection of the Ultimate Universe, right? And I really hope that the new Fantastic Four 
is closer to the ultimate Fantastic Four in concept, if not in characterization. I think it will be. I think they've learned that lesson. And what you said, like, look, the MCU owes a massive debt of gratitude to the ultimate books because the ultimate books, if nothing else, were a great experiment to modernize all these characters. They provided a blueprint, yes. right? This is how you, this is how you, this is how you retell these iconic stories Absolutely. in a modern day. Now, right. with that said, they did not need to modernize the characters to a point where they were all just bad tropes of things on the internet yeah, and TV, you know, yeah. like there was no reason to do that. And I think Marvel very smartly went, okay, we take this, the modern stuff. And then we take the heart of the Kirby and Stanley, you know, and Ditko stuff. And we gently mix it up together. Not necessarily in a blender, but just, you know, a nice stir and boom, we have the MCU. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know? Uh, you know, it's just it, like, I, I, and I, I don't want to pile on, on, on specifically the ultimates, but um, you know, they definitely, it was definitely a choice for them to make Captain America a shithead. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that when Captain America is broken in that way, and again, at the time when we read it, we were like, oh man, look how different Captain America is. <laughs> well, it was, also, like it was it, a thing of its time. Definitely. Sure. Well, but like, but when Captain America is not a virtuous, you know, where, he, where he's not an inspirational like there's nothing about that Captain America that makes me want to follow him into battle. No, he becomes right. a he instantly becomes a proud boy, like yeah. instantly. But it's like I'm an American shithead, you know. Deal with it, lib. Like, the argument I remember hearing at the time though was that it made a lot more sense because it's like he's a World War II soldier. So rather yeah, than being right. a proud boy, he's essentially a boomer. Right. Right. You know, yes. So exactly. But even the, but even misogyny. back in the day when he was that soldier, he wasn't that guy. You want to say right. Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos? Maybe were those guys? Okay, yeah. I can maybe see that. But Cap was never that guy. Cap right. was that's, always that's, well, shining. Uh, like ni- I don't. Neither one of us have read a ton of Golden Age Captain America stories. But as far as the Silver Age goes, you know, like Captain America was always this like pure iconic, right? You know, pure as the driven snow kind of like. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about again, or get back to is uh, this idea of the legacy of Stan and Jack and Marvel. Um, I wanted to bring up, I think Disney and the MCU have been doing this really, really good job of keeping the spirit of Stan alive with their multimedia uh, properties right now. Things like 616, yeah. on disney plus yeah marvel legends and then i know we don't talk about them but there are other podcasts <laughs> uh marvel's official podcasts uh marvel declassified marvel's pull list this week in marvel and then the one i really love is marvel method which is hosted by method man oh what i didn't know that was a yeah. thing oh my god yeah. <laughs> really? he got his own official marvel podcast oh my god he interviews celebrities <laughs> about their favorite Marvel comics. And then midway through, he surprises them with the creator of that comic coming on and talking to them. How did I not know about this? I fucking love <laughs> Method Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Oh, it's my amazing. God. And he's always been a nerd. Listen to his flow. He's always rapping about comic yeah, yeah, shit yeah. and all that old Wu-Tang oh, shit yeah. constantly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, <laughs> He's, yeah, he's got a he's got a, a either a song or a lyric in a song that Magneto was right. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, if they could get Red Man on that show and it was like Method and Red. Okay. So the guests have been DMC. Nice. Uh, also a nerd. Gene Gray. Huge comic nerd. Gene Gray named himself after an yeah. X-Man. I mean, come on. Uh, Kevin Smith. Nice. Uh, uh, Chris Gethard, which was my favorite episode because he was going on about G.I. Joe and about Wolverine. And then all of a sudden Larry Hama pops up on the. Oh, my God. I have got to check the show out. (laughs) I had no idea. uh, The last one I really liked was Joe Manganiello because I actually brought in uh, Chris Claremont. Oh, wow. How was Claremont? Was he weird? No, he was super. He was super sweet. Okay. I'm afraid that like, I've just, uh, and I love Chris Claremont. I don't love more like a lot of the modern. I think so, we all so, give the modern he, X-Men stuff like, oh yeah, thanks Chris. Yeah. But I was afraid he's just getting really, really weird. No, no. And I, <laughs> I've heard him on a lot of stuff because he was also on Marvel's Declassified. He was on Marvel's Declassified podcast too, uh, where they were talking about some X-Men stuff and uh, some earlier stuff. And that's the thing that I think has been so crazy. I mean, the fact that now my wife and parents know who Dan Slott is and know what he looks like. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and, and not only that, but, and then also the thing is that's crazy is to hear, uh, Annie Nascenti and Louis Simonson, according to Marvel, the industry has actually gone backwards in its treatment of women, because according to them back in the seventies and eighties, the Marvel bullpen was awesome for women. Oh yeah. No. And like all the women that worked in the bullpen back then, will say that like uh-huh. I, I was treated like one of the boys and like, not in a way where it was like, I was showed around or like, and it's probably just because look, these women weren't working on wall street. They weren't working, you know, they were working in the Marvel bullpen with a bunch of nerds. And you know what? Nerds. We grew up reading Superman comics. We grew up reading captain America and they were always, very polite to women, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, it's just, and the thing that I, I, I just keep thinking about with all this stuff that we're getting, you know, Marvel's legacy on, uh, on Disney plus with the backstory of stuff and, you know, having to explain to my in-laws what six, one, six means <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. And it's just like, we come back to this whole war of Marvel versus DC. I don't, to me, and maybe it's just on a Marvel zombie, but DC doesn't have themselves branded as that big of a, entity and product i dc i agree i think dc in the 80s and 90s i think that brand was much stronger than it is now and maybe it's you could say it's because they had a batman movie that was the biggest movie ever and stuff like that but something about the dc brand has greatly diminished And 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 i'm not just saying that because i don't like the movies whatever I think right. I don't think there's an argument. The DC brand is in trouble. And I mean, yeah. AT&T just sold Warner Brothers because they're not happy with the money they made on it. And they're not. Well, OK, they're that, that. that's a that's a, that is a whole nother thing, because when they bought Warner Brothers, they were already when in they trouble. when they bought into that company, people were like, what the fuck is AT&T doing? Yeah, I mean, it was a bad idea. And they did not so, see the return it, they like, wanted. This isn't. And, I, I don't know that it's necessarily a sign of, of, of trouble with DC. Well, whether or not I think it's a that sign. it's more like AT&T didn't know how to manage what they'd purchased. And hopefully yeah. I, I hope that's it. I hope you're absolutely right. I hope someone else gets a hold of Warner brothers and DC entertainment and says, we're going to get out of your way and let you work. It, uh, please let that be it. Because if AT&T like Todd, uh, took Todd the Turner in the, ch- in the chat, what we got Todd Turner, <clears throat> 
Todd Turner in the chat says DC needs a Dave Filoni or a Kevin Feige, yes. which is one hundred percent correct. They absolutely yeah, they do. Now, but I, I, I'm also like I'm also not saying like if DC, if Warner Brothers, again, the terminology is super freaking confusing because you've got the, you've got Warner Brothers Pictures. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there even is like a DC Comics studio in terms of making the movies, but no. uh, not in the same way that there's a Marvel studio. No. But right. um, if if Warner Brothers, uh, who if whoever is steering the ship in terms of DC properties is making a conscious decision to um, to create self-contained little pockets like the Batman, like uh, Harley Quinn, like uh, you know, that's not necessarily a single unified universe. I am fine with that, but. Um, I think right now uh, where we've got so many mixed messages, like, yep, we're just going to, we're going to do our own thing. Oh, by the way, it's the return of the Snyderverse. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it like, it, they keep, they keep going back. Right. They say they we're going to do this thing and then they, do, and then they do whatever they want. <laughs> well, and now, and like, and now, uh, you know, all there was all, they stoked this fire. They stoked this, this, Snyder fan fire by letting him finish the Snyder cut, which again, you can make an argument that the guy did not get to see his vision fulfilled and how nice it is that he got to do it right uh, for like for better or for worse. Yeah, at least he got to shoot a shot. Um, they've like, they stoked this fire in, in those fans, but then they would say in the marketing, they'd be like the conclusion of Zack Snyder's vision. Right. Right. And then, uh, but, but then Snyder would keep the door open and and let those fans speculate until just recently when he said he came out in an interview and he said, and this is not exactly a direct quote, but it's close. He said that Warner brothers is, uh, violently anti Snyder right now. Not violently is probably not the right word, but like he's, he said that like, yeah, he, he said that, that, that the Warner Brothers is no longer on the Snyder bus, which you know what? Look, again, I don't hold toxic fandom against the director. I don't think it's his fault. And quite honestly, I don't think it's fair to those fans. It's fine if you love it. I don't think it's fair to those fans that do love it. The way that Warner Brothers like dangled this carrot out in front of them for a while. And I also don't want to imply that everybody that likes the Zack Snyder DC movies is the sort of toxic fan we're sure, talking about. They can't a hundred percent of them can't be, you know, that and just, uh I, I also I would love to say that Snyder is not responsible for their behavior, but he does string them along. Yeah, like he definitely plays along. He plays into their hopes and dreams. Like, uh, so I don't know. I don't know. As far as as far as comparing Marvel and DC, like, it's fine if DC wants to do a different, uh, uh, take a different approach. But I do think that they, I do agree with Todd that they need a unified. Yeah, they they need a singular voice. Yes. Well, and I this is what we want to do. I don't want to get too corny about it, but I mean, I meant what I said when I feel like what they're doing with their extraneous media, it feels to me like an extension of the Stan soapbox. Yeah. You know, because things like Marvel's Declassified and 616 bring you into the world. They said, let's come on in. Yes. Marvel yeah, right. feels inviting where DC feels very exclusionary. Yes. And, and it's just, 
you know, I, I'm more proud of being a Marvel fan now than I probably have ever been. And I probably read less Marvel comics than I ever have. <laughs> it's so strange because, you know, we've, we've talked about this on the show a thousand times it, it is the idea now, just, just the fact that now it's cool to like comics. Yeah. Or at the very least, it's cool to like comic book movies, right? Yeah, um, and, and like, <laughs> but I still, I still think that like, if you told, if you told somebody today, like, there's no reason for you to be ashamed right. of reading comics. Yes, yeah, but uh, and, I mean, and yeah, no I one's going to give you shit for it. But um, comic book creators are still poor. So. <laughs> yes, no, and and I also I, under, I understand that of the millions of people that watch comic book movies, uh, the vast majority of them do not follow up with comics. Of course, but. Um, but but it's no longer like the uh, scarlet letter that it was when we were kids. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. And it's also no longer the, 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 the boys club either. Cause like, you know, if you've got, you know, like a niece or nephew or if you've got oh, a yeah, absolutely. or a little sister or a daughter that loves comics, you can put them in front of Annie Nascenti and Louise, Weezy Simonson talking about making comics. Yeah. Oh, and, and you know, to, to go back to, to go back to the DC brand real quick. Uh, say what you will about their like in continuity, the, the mess that is their the monthly superhero comics, mm -hmm. but DC crushes it when it comes to the uh, young adult, all ages graphic novel market. Yeah. They crush it. Like they put Marvel to shame. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, where, and where that wonder, market is huge. But where, where I wonder, and I, I, maybe it's just my blind spot with DC, but I wonder are they doing as well as Marvel in the creators of color, female creators? Yeah, that's another good point. I, I, is DC, I mean, where does DC fit with that? Because I feel like for as much as the comic skaters want to, you know, be shits about it, Marvel feels like they've done a valid and legitimate push towards that direction. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think there are a couple of things to, to consider with that. Uh, I'm not saying you're, you're wrong uh, or, or that uh, Marvel's not doing a better job. Shut up, JD. You're an idiot. I, <laughs> I, but I do think, no I do think, I do think that um, Marvel makes a bigger deal about its creators. Well, they have for a long DC time. DC does. Yeah. And so yeah. it's just, it, 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 part of it is kind of like, well, you know, Marvel's louder about it. Well, right, um, right. we made and, fun of the young guns back in the day. Yeah, we the Stormbreakers. We right? make but, fun of all that stuff. But like, hey, what are they doing? They are highlighting creators. Yeah, and exactly. I, and DC outside yeah. of like we got famous person or yeah, we got this or we got the huge right. name to do this. That but, is where you. But also, DC. but you know, we just got done like Joelle Jones. You know, Marguerite uh, Marguerite Bennett. You know, DC's got all these names. Uh, um, I'm suddenly blanking on, on anybody uh, of color that's doing stuff at DC, but um, I, I like, no, I mean, unfortunately, that, it's that hard. Sounds, unfortunately, it's hard to think of those names at DC. Well, that sounds bad, but that's more my failing. Um, my memory. Failing. Well, I guess it's all but, of ours I mean, like, at this point. <laughs> uh, like, I, but DC also has a number of female creators working on projects. Sure. I'm not saying it's enough. Mm -hmm. uh, I, and I'm not saying they can't do a better job. But I also definitely think that Marvel does a better job saying, hey, look at us. Look at what we're doing. Yeah. DC doesn't right. highlight their creators enough. I agree. No, they, no, no. Which it, is a whole nother problem. Yeah. You know, yeah, like Marvel, Marvel makes makes the creators part of the process and saying, hey, 
you know, meet these people. These are the people telling yes. your stories. Yes. Well, and, it, and, it, and it's also like, hey, I, I would really like to know. We had this talk as well. It's like, how does it feel to be a creator at Marvel and not be a stormbreaker? Right. Is it? Yeah. Is it, you know, are you no like, one? Are you lost in the sea? Are you not at the or? cool kids table? You right. know, and it's like, I, I don't, I don't know the answer to these questions. Uh, right. And I think that it's nice that Marvel does this, but I also know that it doesn't come with like a paycheck. Yeah. I don't believe for one second that Pepe Larraz makes more money being a stormbreaker than he did whatever it was. Yeah, like there's an extra line that. on the income that just says SB and it's got a yeah, number by <laughs> SB bonus. Your stormbreaker right? yeah, fee or whatever. JD, it's good uh, to and, talk to you, man. We, we got to keep moving here, though. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right, buddy. You, buddy. Uh, sorry, I dropped out there for a minute. I had some technical issues. Um, but uh, I really, I real quick want to uh, touch on something JD and you were talking about in terms of like the brand, the DC's brand. And I think that right now, uh, yes, Marvel, of course, is crushing it uh, in terms of promoting uh, like their movies. The visibility of Marvel properties sure. is at an all time high, sure. higher than it's ever been in our entire lives. Um, but also, if you think back to pre-2008, that was absolutely not the case. No, of course. And uh, even, even, even early 2000s, when we were talking about things like the X-Men movie uh, or Spider-Man, like, yeah, those were cool and people got excited, but not in a way they are now. And DC had equivalent stuff. You know, they had Batman Begins and, and Superman Return. Sure. I, again, no, we're not getting into the quality of any of these projects, but like they had big name, they had big time stuff as well. But if you look back to uh, 1989, which I, uh, again, was forever ago and it's a, it was a different time, but uh, 1989, when Tim Burton's Batman came out, Batman specifically became such a, a widespread cultural phenomenon. Yeah, that's exactly what we were saying. That they were talking about it in the news. Like they called it Batmania. Yeah, it was and insane. It, it, was, it, was, it was unbelievable. Like Batman was the equivalent of a rock star. And it, like it, it, there are these cycles. Sure. And, and DC and, is in a cycle right now. It just feels like DC is not made a lot of decisions to help themselves out of that cycle for a long time. That's all, that's yeah. all we were saying. Brian right. Domingo. No, and, uh, and again, uh, also another thing to consider is that Marvel is owned by the largest corporation in the world. Sure. Or one of the largest corporations in the world. And DC is owned by people that have no idea how to run DC comics. Okay, well, so. And Warner brothers, Brian Domingos. Right. How are you today, sir? Boy, Joe, what an entrance. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Marvel's Thank owned you, by Thank Disney yeah. and all this stuff's on Disney plus. Yeah. Right. And AT&T did everything they could to dismantle DC. They really yep. did. So, they really, you did. know what I mean? So I, I don't, you know, I, I know there are biases and all that, but um, I just have for JD counterpoint is what I would say. Um, the one thing you guys talked about when you talked about the uh, Falcon and winter soldier was on a couple of weeks ago and uh, cover to cover was about how like, it feel like you feel like you're part of the universe mm -hmm. and, and you feel like that. And, and JD was talking about that today. And for me personally, I don't, I'm never looking for that. So I totally miss that. You know, like it, it, it has no impact on me. So if there's a DC property that does not feel like I'm in metropolis, like, I don't know, it never occurs to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, so right. 
it's like so like that scene is like well that's a con it's like well yeah but it's it's objective you know like that's not anything that i'm i'm worried about um or subjective and um the what was the other thing you guys said um it's just the 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 amount of creator diversity is really important in, in both companies and i know that they're like it's weird. Like, it seems like they're fighting against each other, but they're really just fighting against like comic state and those assholes. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and, but they've done some, you know, even with all of the, the cuts of their management and editorial and marketing and all those things that have happened, like they've done some pretty amazing things. Um, it was like two weeks ago, they put out that, like, you know, the, the Asian support. Uh, yeah. Book yeah. Yeah. The all, uh, celebration you know, of Asian characters and creators. Yeah. And, like every creator was of Asian descent or Asian themselves. Um, and I mean, that was 80, I think 80 or hundred pages of all that stuff. Um, on the next Batman book, um, that digital first is being printed where it has all the, the Jace, uh, Fox stuff. All the creators that work on that are people of color. Yeah. So they're not, you know, yeah. and, and they've swapped out a lot of, you know, it, cause you, you look at like the inkers swap out in the artist and, and they are, they are not making a big deal out of it, but they're employing, you know, diverse people, which I think is right important. And I don't know that you need to toot your own horn about it. Like, no, I, I think you, you, you know. gently, you just do it. Just, just, you know, put your money where your mouth is and do it. And people will see, oh, they're doing it. They're taking the steps. They're giving people that don't necessarily always have a fair shot at this chance job, a chance. And that's great. And the only people that are bitching about it right now are you know the fucking comic skaters and Tulsi Gabbards of the world who are like yeah. white people are getting short shrift and like fuck Joe, off. Joe Rogan, <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it, it, poor it, Joe right. Rogan, it, who's he's like yeah. they're silencing straight white male. The dude has the <laughs> loudest podcast on the net, the most popular podcast on the fucking internet. Okay, the yeah. highest paid person on who Spotify, is silencing yeah. you? Uh, the, the one of the um, one of the uh, you know every once in a while I will I will be overjoyed to see somebody write a fake headline to go along with one of these little outrage pieces that that you see online, and it was for the Joe Rogan one. It was uh, uh, man with man with huge international audience worried about other people being heard. (laughs) Yeah, basically that's pretty much it. it, It's so upsetting to me that because I am a huge news radio fan and knowing that Joe Rogan turned into such a shithead. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I I, I used to think Joe Rogan was funny back then. Joe Rogan was a great guy. Joe Rogan was, was, and not to go off on a long Joe Rogan tangent, but he was a great guy and he was, he was very, very important to comedy in the United States and the comedy store and shit. It's like, and he got older and turned into a shithead. It's like Batman said man you know it's like batman said you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain <laughs> that's right I, like i just that I was just that two face two face said that not batman i don't remember yeah Look, that, man, I don't aaron remember. eckert said that it, it, um, it was two face and a batman mask yeah, yeah. yes there you go um <laughs> but like just the other day i saw some fucking thing about ricky goddamn schroeder well, let's not go into this whole thing please uh, let's just, stay but comics. i'm just saying it's Come like I, I just i can't let's, wrap please, my head around please. these people i don't want to do it here let's 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 stay comics please <laughs> brian anything I know. else I, I know yeah but so i um let's comics um that dark hawk books looks cool i like dark hawk <laughs> um i don't i knowing that he switches bodies with a robot was like 
very surprising. Die Hard. Because um, I've is I that news no, to you too? I know. I've read. I've probably read only like eight Dark Horse, Dark Hawk comics. I think he's got a really cool costume. I don't. You know, and those I love those Dark Mike, Hawk's visual. Yeah. And like Dark those Hawk Mike Manley a, b- comics were cool looking, but Dark Hawk is a D list character, no question. But I honestly like to think that I have pretty good knowledge of all these D list weirdos. No idea you, you, that he you switches bodies with you, a goddamn you clearly, robot. <laughs> you clearly do not. Yeah, I had no I, clue. <laughs> and I, I is that yeah? I, I it's like I feel like Dark Hawk. Dark Hawk sucks, but he's kind of cool. You know, and that thing, it's like, he's kind of cool. He's got that. And look, in the 90s, Dark Hawk was solidly B-list. Not D-list. Okay, look, they were trying, they forced him onto the B-list in the 90s, I'll say that. He was a a West Coast Avenger. He became a new warrior. He was around. He did some dumb shit, I recall. Um, But but it's the same thing with Sleepwalker. Like, the, the, the kid falls asleep, and then Sleepwalker oozes out of his brain. Not really. It's yeah. a, his. He comes out of his mental dreamscape, yeah. and then he walks the earth. It's it's very similar, except that Chris Powell goes to sleep in a different dimension. Right. It's, it would it, be cooler if he oozed out of his brain. I think that's that cool, would be cooler. Uh, it's like Captain Marvel right. yeah. version yeah. two, where they bang the nega bands together, and Rick Jones goes away, and Captain Marvel shows up. You know. Yeah. Right. <sighs> time honored. It's a time honored comic book, comic book thing. Yeah. Have they uh, have they done a story where like all of those, the alternate versions team up separate from the humans would, no but there I would, was I would recently love... donny kate's thor touched on what happened to uh thor's i can't say the name donald blake thor's human mm-hmm. form like the story of whatever happened to donald blake and guess what it was horrifying absolutely horrifying yeah it's bad news yeah. when so odin decides like all right well you know donald blake was an experiment i'm done with that you know and so donald you just go away and here's this like sort of Truman show type world you can live in where everything's perfect. You deserve it. You're a sweet guy. He slowly figures out this is not the real world. Something is really weird here. I have way more power than I should. And he turns into a murder machine. <laughs> it is horrifying. And we yeah. learn, don't do that. <laughs> like, Don't the body swap thing. Bad idea. <laughs> you <know>? Well, you <laughs> know, Odin, Odin, uh, Odin is not known for his great. God, ideas. great yeah, oh, story. Too, um, if you've is, not read that. Johnny to be a, he is, does not, he plays a one dimensional chess that Odin. He's like, <laughs> I did something. Who knows what the consequences? Well, he are. only has the uh, one eye. He only has the one eye. And so there's even a scene where, like, Sif, Lady Sif, he comes to him and he's like got, finds him in a in Sif finds him in a bar, and she's like, "All right, you old idiot, you did it again." And he's yeah. like, "Oh." Um, I I just uh, I just got done reading uh, Jason Aaron's Thor from start to finish. Uh, like I had I had fallen off. I had fallen off um, right around the middle of, of Jane Foster's tenure uh, when they relaunched the book after Secret Wars. And um, so I read the ba- I read the entire thing uh, and then the back half for the very first time. And that book is nothing but Odin being an obstinate fool. And like, here's how Odin has fucked everything up this time. And it's so fun just to see Odin like blubbering and yelling about all of this stuff that's happening it's like this is your fault 
But is, this is your that, fault, you dumbass. But hasn't Odin always been like that? Hasn't he always been like this curmudgeon king of the gods who just like yeah, but hates his kids, the, like thinks his wife's an the, idiot, and she's like this constantly is the, fixing his shit? You know? I feel like this is the first time that like the other characters around Odin have been like, oh yeah, no, Odin's the worst. <laughs> I, I like the idea of that, and that's like that... Um, the top 10 issue um, by Almore and Gene yes. Hawk and Xander Cannon about oh, like, yeah. in, in the, the pub for um, like gods. Right. And there's a yes. murder and everyone is like going through the, like all these things happen and there's betrayal and, and yeah. like they yeah. killed incest. It was Loki was killed, the, the right? End. The God of lies was killed and they were like, well, <laughs> he would be the main suspect here, but he got, he's the one that got killed. So, but yeah. I mean, they're going, they're going through the, their, their, their stories are getting retold, right? right? They're going through all of their, the mythology of it. Like they're all getting Ragnarok every five minutes. Right. Yeah. And then the guy comes back to life and they're like, Oh, he's not dead. He's like, Oh no, he does this all the time. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. We, we live our cycle. And then it's like, they li- and then at the end, it's like, oh no, he's dead. Yeah, and, like, and the cops are just like, God, I hate these fucking. <laughs> that that book, oh man, so we, good. We, Top ten. We did yeah. not, we did not deserve that book. No, <laughs> it's so it's, wonderful. It's, it, and it, it was an embarrassment of riches that those ABC books because they, really they were, were all. They really. It's were. like, oh, that's the good one. Oh wait, no, that's the good one. Oh no, yeah. that's the good one. Oh no, Promethea, that's the good one. Yeah, and I, like I, the talent, the talent that Alan, like, who doesn't want to, who doesn't want a chance to work with Alan Moore at the height of his powers, right? Like, totally. And and like Alan Moore's coming back to create his own comic book universe, and uh, he wants you to draw part of it. And you're like, um, hold on, let me quit this other job that I just took. Oh yeah, <laughs> Alan Moore. And, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna not do that. That yeah, that, all that the, Tom all Strong book with issues. Chris Sprouse and shit. Like, yeah. oh my god, I was good. Oh, I miss ABC. Brian, always good to talk to you, man. You too, guys. Have a good one. You have a good you one, too, buddy. Jimbo, get in here. We need to talk manga. Whoops. I was trying to unmute you and I accidentally muted Joe. My bad. Jim, can you hear me? What's up? How hey. are we today, sir? I'm doing okay. You know, uh, I, I actually just finished Castlevania and then on Twitter, you know, Kentaro had passed away from his heart condition. Yeah. Um, so he's had a lot. So basically, you know, Kentaro, he, let's go uh, numbers real quick. Berserk started in October of 89. It was pretty consistent, giving you two chapters a year until about 2012. Um, and then his heart issues digressed. So currently we're, we're at uh, 349 chapters. Uh, total sales is 50 million about. His net worth is a little misleading because it's like one point, it's 1.5 is what people are reporting, but he did create his own studio um, back uh, like early 2010s. Um, and that's where you like, that's why people think that it will continue through his assistance because he like trains artists there. Oh, sure. Like, sure, like yeah. Yeah. He wasn't drawing Berserk anymore. Right. And like, no, like, he was. No, he was. He'll really. Yeah. That's why. Well, that, well, that's why. That's why chapters are like one, one to two a year the last few years. Okay. Yeah. Because there was a, it was a whole big thing uh, when the news broke about like, did he have a plan? Uh, he, did he did he have an outline for how to keep the series going or at least people, bring it to a close? Yeah, people like he, he people know how it ends. He he has uh, the editors know um, whether they will continue because he knew he was sick. Right. This isn't yeah, some well, Game yeah. of Thrones shit, is what you're saying. Like this, right? He planned it right. out. Right. Like well, even like in One Piece, Oda has a contingency of ever gets like he if he ever dies, like people know how it ends because it's such a cash cow that he can't stop. Well, not just right. that. I think there's a respect for your property there too. Like, look, 
you I have a living will in case something happens to me. So Casey is mm. taken care of. And like, am these, I in it? Of course you are, Joe. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and you totally threw me off. Sorry. <laughs> but Sorry. like, I think these stories, it seems like in Japan are so huge and so ingrained into popular culture that these creators think about it like a living, breathing thing that has uh-huh. to be maintained and very well may outlive me the creator well but i like i jim you can correct me if i'm wrong on this but i i feel like it's more about a respect for the creator and the art than it is a desire to keep this thing going in in perpetuity it's not like it's not like american comics that are joe Joe, i'm gonna i'm gonna stop you there joe okay that's what that's what i want like this is just this is an outsider's you know theory you you were probably right 20 years ago but so much more realizing how much more money is out there. The prime example, to answer the question of the week, if you look at Dragon Ball Evolution, that pile of excrement that the Americans made for Dragon Ball, the creator he had a script. They're like, eh, we don't need you. You don't know what you're talking about. So we eventually watched it years afterwards. Like, this cannot be the last thing, yeah. the last thing that Dragon Ball. So he went back and he created what we have now as Dragon Ball Super, and this is making money over fists. They're like, oh my God, I didn't realize it. Yeah. Naruto, he's the author sold the rights and they have this new series with his son. And I'm not saying it's hot trash, but it's just not good. But they, they, they don't, they don't like what you're saying. Yes, but there's too much money now and they're throwing too much money. Gotcha. At you. Gotcha. Right. It would That's be a like, shame. It would be That's like a shame. when Derek Jeter retired, the Yankees were like, you know what? I think we're done here. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> not what I'm, that's not at all the same thing. What I'm talking about is like, uh, like corporate American corporate greed. And like, uh, w- let's talk specifics here. We're talking about like Superman. Sure. And you know, th- these golden age creations that are too big to fail now. Right. They're like, these companies can't afford to let these things go. Right. Batman. Um, but they're also not singularly created. I mean, like, yes, you know, you've got creators that Jerry Schuster. And yes. Simon, it's, a, they, it's a completely different, it's right. A completely different, uh, uh, for art form of the art form but um i like i guess in the back of my head and like i'm 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 happy to have jim like set me straight but like in my mind i thought oh, no these people it's a cultural thing not a money it's, thing it's, but it's, it's a culture it's a cultural thing you're right but the money's too big like the, yep. the realization yeah, no. that, that the westerners now will buy this stuff hand over fist yeah the berserk the berserk sales on amazon the last since he has died, are just skyrocketing. Oh, I bet that. It's, yeah, it was oh, like the number one book. Right. But the day he died, it was like a number one book on Amazon yeah. was Berserk, which is that's so, insane. Yeah. So we'll so we'll see. Like this story will be continued. He, yeah. he now he has expressed that he wants this to be finished. Okay. Well, and also, there's like that it new will, Berserk anime that is like started and stopped and got picked up again, and now it's coming it, back, it was, right? Uh, another answer to the question of the week would be his adaptations have been horrific. Yeah. The only good one was like <sighs> in the nineties or two are kind of good, but they really didn't follow the story. And more recently there was like this, there was CGI. It was, it, just so bad. it was garbage. And I wanted to like it. I saw the animation. I was like, Oh cool. They're doing berserk. And it yeah, no, sucked. It sucked. It sucked. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know why I don't. So maybe this will change. Like if you, you just throw us another studio at it. Yeah. And with the height of it, um, uh, you know, he did die on May 6th. So this was cut quiet for two weeks, right. which is wow. mind boggling. Yeah. 
Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, if you want, like he is on the Mount Rushmore. His, his work is so influential. You don't get demon souls. You don't get one handed giant swordman wielders at okay. all without him. He, his, his art, if you just like Google best berserk panels, just the art is just stunningly beautiful. Yeah. Right. Um, and is disturbed. Am it's I disturbing. wrong in saying that like he sort of reinvented fantasy manga because it's oh yeah yeah yeah, dark, yeah. You don't, you'll get dark things yeah right because yeah. it seems it, like it seems like at the time in that 80s like when the berserk late 80s when berserk came out everything was either full-on you know sci-fi anime mm-hmm. or yep. martial arts anime more or less yep. and, that, and that was it oh yeah okay yeah, you don't yeah you, yeah his work is so influential uh you know or a uh, political historic. political tennis drama yeah right yeah yeah exactly yeah, exactly. His, yeah. king of pro baseball though, like, for example like, <laughs> like berserk is a mad bomb book it's not a joe patrick book yeah it is so dark it it's, is super fair. violent worst, super dark it's the worst a, of the worst it's death metal okay. manga and it's it, fucking awesome it is, yeah it is yeah it is death metal that is that is a that is a good uh comparison but yeah that's, that's what it is I'm, I'm very curious like everyone's talking about it some we're not really shocked i guess we're shocked that he died but didn't see it really coming. He's talked about his health, but I don't know if anything could be done with the sudden heart thing that he suffered. Yeah, they call right. it like an aortic dissection, which sounds yeah, aortic dis- yeah, sounds like somebody fired a saw blade into his chest or something. Yeah, no. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, like um, it, that's the thing with heart. Like my dad has heart disease. Uh, so the the thing about hearts is that. Um, you can know that your heart is not doing great, but then also be suddenly surprised by something going very, very wrong. Yeah, it's a hand grenade situation. I mean, right? And and yeah, so that it sounds like that's what happened. Like the dude knew that his heart was not in great shape, but whoops, aortic dissection. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and so, so we'll we'll see. Like we know, like his editor said, there's two to three chapters that he had actually finished that were not released. We we haven't expecting a release of a new chapter because it's been mentioned for months that one was done. Obviously, maybe his health was declining. That's why they didn't release it. Um, but then after, after these two chapters, I mean, it, it, in the story, there is one big thing. One thing was just finished. That was very important. There's one actually big thing that needs to be finished left in the story. So I don't know how they want to finish it. He said that his ending wouldn't be as dry as the rest of the story because that'd just be too cruel. I don't know if they're going <laughs> to do that, though. No, like, Joe Patrick, like, the main character is found from a hanging woman on an umbilical cord. Because she died, yeah, and he picked up. That, like Ooh. that's how it starts. That's just backstory. Yeah, it's a born Whoa. on the it's a born on the battlefield, Conan the Barbarian type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, and if you want to know the mess up part, just just Google Griffith did nothing wrong and watch people talk. He did uh, horrible things. Yeah, Griffith. Some people think he did nothing wrong. Yeah, Griffith's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a bad guy, Joe. I, 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 I don't even want to say what he did. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking your word for all of this, Jim. Like I believe you. Yeah. Yeah. When you tell, when you say that it's not a Joe Patrick book, I believe you. Yeah. It is not I, I do not need to be convinced. It is an awesome book, though, Jim. Thank you for talking yeah. us through that because, like, it's yeah. one of those things. Where, like, I knew the guy was important, and I, and we just don't get enough exposure over here. There was some Dark Horse right. reprints that came out. There's some big, thick, you know, phone book editions that are out there and stuff. But I hate. They were always like the weird little pocket editions, and I hate them. I hate those. And it's not just because I've you got like find, no, you can find the big, the big, the big black one. You want you want the big black. Yes, books, yes. The found ones. Those those are the good ones. That's what I, I need think, to get. And just I like, think Amazon has them. I don't know what comicology, comicology and Dark Horse sells those types. It's not clear when you just buy the volumes. Yeah. So I don't. 
and there's not a really good, there's not a legal way to read his chapter by chapter, which is ridiculous. Some, right. some people have figured out like people will spend $7 a month and I can read my weekly stuff. And some yeah. have and they like, just scan their stuff money. and put it on the net more or less. Yeah. 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 So, mm. right. Hey, it's cottage industry, man. Good for you. Yep. If you're not yeah. hustling, you're not trying. Jim, you have right. a good one. Yeah. Take care guys. See you, bud. Miss Branch, get Peter Parker on the phone. Yes, Mr. Jameson. All right, let's get to these damn voicemails. Let's do it. Hey, guys. This is Frank calling in from beautiful upstate New York. It's a shitload of reverb. Talk about the question of the week. <laughs> so I'd like to start way back in the 1960s um, with those Marvel cartoons that were literally ripped from the pages of the comics. Oh, yeah. Um, they actually translated really well. I, I love those as a kid. I would see them in reruns and, you know, you catch them on Channel 11 here in New York. Uh, but let's jump ahead. So I just want to mention that because that those were so entertaining. <laughs> love them so much. Um, but I just want to jump ahead to the 70s when we got the Hulk TV show and the Spider-Man TV show. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and that Captain America movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought Spider-Man and the Hulk were pretty good. I enjoyed them. They weren't perfect. You know, Lou Ferrigno made a great Hulk. He just wasn't hulking enough. And the fact that he didn't talk most of the, at almost at all was disappointing for me because I really wanted to hear the Hulk say Hulk smash and puny humans. Um, Spider-Man pretty good. Wasn't a fan, a fan of the on the wrist outside of the wrist costume. Yeah. Um, web shooters. But you know what? They're not going to make them look any good if they're, you know, underneath. So, you know, those, those are the things I thought translated well. They didn't Captain have the technology movie, to however, make tiny web shooters. Not so much. It was a little bit, um, I don't know, not great, but it was okay. I mean, listen, I was a kid at the time. All I wanted to do was, you know, see Captain America, see Spider-Man, see the Hulk. So overall, you know, they worked for us. They worked for me. They, but I was not, um, not, not a real fan of that, that one moving into more of the modern times, you know, uh, let's see who really, really didn't make it would like what movie went really the wrong way. I would have to give it to, um, judge dread. Yeah. With Sylvester Stallone. Oh, okay. I was like, Oh dude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <Rob> Schneider. <laughs> yeah. Because wow, that was not a good movie. I did see it. I did pay money for it, but not a good movie. All right, guys. I will uh, talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend and enjoy the beautiful weather that we're having. Hope you guys are having the same. Thanks. Bye. So the Stallone Judge Dread, real quick. Perfect example of Hollywood studio going, all right, heroes are pretty hot right now. What can we get cheap? I'm like Judge Dread costs nothing. I mean, it's pretty big over in uh, England. All right, what's it about? guy super cop future got a gun that can do all kinds stop we got it <laughs> you right, yeah, yeah. don't tell us anymore we've got it and stallone's gonna play him all right movie <laughs> there we go <laughs> Woo! yeah that judge dread was a piece of shit that was one where all the restaurants were taco bell right no, that's Demolition Man. Oh, was that Demolition Man? Oh, you're right. Sorry. That's yeah, right. Taco Bell. Taco Bell won the franchise war. Yes, that's right. Also sponsored Demolition Man. Strangely enough, you missed it there, Long John Silver's. Sorry, guys. <laughs>
All right, let's see. You better, you better learn how to uh, use the three shells if all you know, if all you eat is Taco Bell, let me tell you that much. <laughs> uh, man, you know way too much. <laughs> Demolition Man, don't you? <laughs> Those are the two most famous things about Demolition Man is, the, is that Sylvester Stallone doesn't know how to use the three shells to take a shit I, mean, I guess and that taco so. <laughs> bell is the only restaurant that's those are the two most famous things from demolition man so don't even Fair start oh uh, the 70s captain america yes it is legendarily bad it, uh I, i've never actually seen it but i do like burned into my head is the motorcycle helmet cap, oh yeah uh cowl we used to carry the, the bootlegs of those of the movies on vhs and you never watched I know, them i never watched oh, it man. um uh, and the the transparent shield. What in the hell? Yeah, dude. Because they wanted to see him behind it. That was the thing. They didn't want him hiding yeah, behind the shield. So dumb. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and like, you know, they made that Captain America movie in the 90s as well. And it's not good. It, it, it's, it, it's also bad. Uh, but at least the guy looks better as Captain America. But they made, they made the Red Skull Italian. What? Why? Because they were afraid to go full Nazi. That's why. They, he, he, the guy is from World War II. What are you scared of? Well, I mean, there were, uh, look, there were fascists in Italy in World War II as well. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> so he was more like a Mussolini. Yeah, right? and those fascists um, didn't necessarily have swastikas and didn't kill a bunch of Jewish people. So uh, let's I just go just, with them, uh, right? I, uh, <laughs> a kinder, gentler fascist. <laughs> sure. I mean, you just maybe don't use the Red Skull then. I don't know. Well, but, uh, I mean, now you're talking crazy, Joe. Come on, man. It's true. Like, I mean, can most of the movie viewing public name more? than one captain america villain let alone more than one captain america character that is not captain america the tumbler the tumbler there you go that's who they should have gone with yeah uh the (laughs) leaper it should have been all about Batroc the leaper okay so really quickly to follow up on something that uh tony mathers called in about last week the uh the shang chi controversy ah is it a controversy Uh, It was a controversy to us. It was controversial. Um, I'll say that. It was controversial. Yeah. Uh, Where we were like, look, man, we're going to need to see some fucking documentation about that nonsense. Uh, Tony, Tony wrote back uh, saying that, uh, that it it was a memo from Marvel studios given to uh, some news outlet or podcast or whatever that was covering the movie. And they, they got a note from Marvel saying it's pronounced Shang-Chi. So that's a thing. Uh, like I don't know. I I did not fact check it. Huh. Uh, but I I I'm still I'm still holding. I'm reserving judgment until the movie comes out. But uh, I I just I can't. It's not like a deal breaker for me. And if you tell me, hey, idiot, American moron, yeah, that's not how Chinese people say that. I'll buy it. Okay, sure. <laughs> you know, but it is though. But it, all like, my life, I've said Shang Chi. You know, I mean, now we had friends like, that said the Submariner all their lives and Sabre yeah, Tooth too. It's true. So, yeah, and guess spectry. what? They were but fucking I, wrong. But I mean, like, you can't you can't tell me that Chinese people don't have uh, the 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 long A sound because they have Yangs and Changs and there's look, like, di- different rules, bro. Don't go putting your American rules on their alphabet. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> I guess that's true. I don't, I technically don't know. We're having this conversation because um, we don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm basing it all on context clues, I admit. <laughs> right, exactly. We, we can't do that. That makes us bad anthropologists is what it does. So <laughs> Okay, I never claimed to be an anthropologist. Uh, only on the internet. So let's get to our right. answers. I'm a, part, I'm a part-time anthropologist. Let's get to our answers. Things to the question of the week. And all right. I instantly had mine. 
and mine, it's super easy to beat up on the Fantastic Four movies because they're so bad. They're bad. The Fox Fantastic Four movies are bad, all of them. There's nothing redeeming about them. I will never, ever, ever forgive them for what they did to Doctor Doom. It is far and away. I mean, arguably Marvel's best and most interesting villain. And all you got to do is just roll with it. Oh, he's royalty. He's crazy. There you go. He went to school with Reed a while ago. Turns out, you know, he, he left school. Sorcerer, scientist, runs a small country. Go. Just do it. Just fucking do it. Instead, he's like, no, he's a good looking, scary businessman from Latveria. And he was gifted this mask by his people for no reason. Like, come on. <laughs> what are you doing? And then yeah, it the was new like one, an award. A, it was, it was yes, like an award. It was like, like a won recognition an, for your service. Yeah. Latveria. Like you've done such Here's a great a job. Nightmare mask. Here's a scary nightmare metal mask. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and now I'm going to say something that might be a controversy of its own. I do think that for everything they got wrong about Dr. Doom, at least that version had personality. No, I don't. And the Dr. I, Doom I, I we, and the Dr. Doom we got in the, uh, the remake with uh, um, the blogger, the angry, surly blogger. Okay, so Dr. that's where Doom. I was going next. It did not get better. <laughs> it, it got worse. It I would argue. It did not get better. You made Dr. Doom an internet troll. He became an internet troll. Cool. You know, like he you was guys, like a SoundCloud rapper. Seriously. It, it's, they might as well have made him a SoundCloud it rapper. It is the most mishandled thing. That and Galactus. What they did with Galactus. Oh, well, uh, now, Barf. again, Barf. Yes, I, yes, it's bad. <laughs> oh but I mean, they they did have precedent from the ultimate I'm not saying they comics didn't. with Galactus not as the space didn't. swarm. Didn't like it there either. No, no, no. It's it, I, I get it. I get it. It's bad. And we already had a space I agree swarm. With you. Annihilus. Annihilus and all his weird insect. Guys. There's your space swarm. Want to do the space swarm? Do Annihilus as your bad guy. Don't Look, man, do Galactus. I, I am not. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying they they were following a blueprint that didn't necess- that they did not necessarily draw. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, so so now you do your worst, and we'll both do our best. Uh, so really quickly about or, I'm sorry, we'll do four. the vice versa, the comics that yeah, yeah, yeah right, oh, right. Um, so uh, really quickly, uh, my last thought about the Fantastic Four movies. Um, they've added both of them to Disney Plus, and I was thinking to myself, they can't possibly be as bad as we remember them. That, that's just see, and so now, that's I the Joe Patrick them. that I know is like, no, he loves everything. <laughs> like, I don't though. In your head, you're like, it. no, they're I'm not that bad. Because <laughs> look, I, I watched those movies exactly one time in the theater with you. And that was it. And uh, so I watched them both. And um, not only are they bad, um, but the sequel, uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer, <sighs> is somehow worse. Yeah. Uh, like there, like people make fun of the Tobey Maguire, um, the evil Toby dance scene from Spider-Man three. No, there is an entire dance number with Reed Richards and a bunch of women at his bachelor party at yep. the nightclub Yep, where he's like using his stretchy powers to be like, it's ridiculous. The only reason we don't make more fun of it is because nobody saw it. Everybody went and saw that Spider-Man movie. And I can't think <laughs> so. of I can't think of I can't think of worse casting than Jessica Alba as oh, Sue God. Storm. 
Not to mention because the fact that it's like, oh, Jessica Alba has to get like butt naked to right. turn invisible. And, right. right. And, like and and people <laughs> very Fuck off. People people very rightly roasted the first movie for that scene where she has to take her clothes off to get invisible. Yeah. Because she doesn't know how to turn her clothes invisible. God. And they do it again in the second movie. Yep. But and I mean, she even she's like why does this always happen to me? Look, I'm not taking anything away from Jessica Alba, but no, at, she's bad. Jessica at that Alba's time, bad actress in Hollywood. If you catch Jessica Alba in your movie, it's because yeah. you want to see her lady lumps. You know, it's not because she's going to win an Oscar. Right. Yeah, right. Her humps, her humps, her <laughs> right. lady lumps. Um, yeah, no, it's um, yeah. Those Fantastic Four movies are a crime. They're they garbage. are a crime against fandom. Garbage. And um, it's a miracle. Like it, it is. It is. It is not a shock that it has taken that it will have been 20 years by the time the stink has washed off of that. Oh yeah. We had to let that decompose for quite some time before we can build there again. So now yeah. your answer, come on. Um, so my answer, uh, somebody brought up Nightcrawler, uh, maybe it was you and me when we were kind of coming up with examples last week, but like Nightcrawler, no, was Harvey, Brian Harvey brought up the Nightcrawler thing. It was like, looks so cool. And then they had to do that dumb angel marking. Yeah. Shit. Like it's, it's like, <laughs> And so uh, my answer is basically uh, it's a blanket statement about the Fox X-Men franchise, but specifically uh, since we already mentioned Nightcrawler, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I can't believe how badly they bungled the dark Phoenix saga. Not once, but twice. Yeah. Two goddamn times. times. Two damn times. Okay. The first time they didn't just bungle that. The Morlocks. This Morlocks. There is nothing easier to get right than the morlocks like yep. not all mutants are pretty there's a bunch yep. that aren't like oh yeah. outcasts oh so these are your morlock outcasts this they're all super, super hot tattoo gorgeous yeah. like rave group that, yeah, <laughs> like, right. that dresses yes. like they're from beyond thunderdome <laughs> they all uh, they look like they look like the evil vampires God, from Blade, they were from terrible. the Blade movie. They're all in black leather just yeah, so yeah, no. fucking bad uh, yes it's it's terrible um yeah no uh, it, it but the the dark phoenix saga it is I understand that in the comics, it's a much more complicated story. There's, sure. uh, you know, there's space aliens involved. It's a whole deal. Yeah. But if you boil it down to its basic element, Jean Grey taps into a power greater than herself, loses control, becomes dangerous, sure. has to die. Yeah. That's easy. That's easy. And they got it so wrong and they had two chances. Yeah, they got it wrong. Not once, but twice. <laughs> And yeah, it's just, no, why, why, how did you get it? So, and I like when, um, when dark Phoenix came out, the, the, the final X-Men movie and it involved the X-Men going to space and Jean getting possessed by the Phoenix. I was like, Oh my God, they're doing it. I can't believe they're actually doing it. And no, by the end of that movie, it started so strong. Like they got on the space shuttle they went to go save the astronauts. All the they were checking all the boxes, and then by the end of that movie, I I, I wanted I wanted Gene to just melt them all. I don't care, kill them all. I don't care. No, absolutely, or or kill Gene and just stop. Can we just stop this? Because right. this sucks. <laughs> it's just dumb. Yeah, and like I just I I can't believe how badly uh, Fox squandered what should have been a no brainer concept. Uh, and I don't just mean the Phoenix saga. I mean the X-Men in general. Oh yeah. Like it, they started strong. 
And each subsequent entry got worse and worse. And then they even, when they even, uh, they had a kind of a soft reboot and brought it back and it was on an upward trajectory. And then they got to the top of the hill and then jumped off the hill. Yeah. Well, I, and again, it, it comes down to like what we said, this was pre Marvel studios. So you just had a major entertainment studio making this grabbing a director that has already had a bunch of hits and putting them on it. So you're bringing that ego in as well. And who's going to know better than that director that's already made these hits, what the kids want from X-Men. There you go. You got it. <laughs> I, I mean, and I, Enjoy. I, I, can't even, I can't even say that the blame lies entirely with Brian Singer because the dude only did three of the six or seven oh, movies. No, I'm speaking to every director they put on every one of those. Oh movies. yeah. Right. I'm yes, talking yes. all of them. Even the ones Brett, you like yeah. have problems like Brett Ratner, Matthew Vaughn. Yes. Revisit yes. first class and shit. There's still some real problems. I liked it. I liked it when I, I saw look, it. Look, I think the but, first, I think, I man. think, Matt, I think, uh, first class and days of future past are still the best two X-Men movies. They so. definitely are. But if you like, think about first class, think really hard. And then I want you to name the team. The team was havoc, uh, angel, but the bug one, uh, <laughs> yeah. Darwin, um, who else was there? Uh -huh. Um, Moira McTaggart was there. Magneto was involved. Mystique. um, banshee yep that's isn't that all of them i think that's probably all of them think about that collection of characters you just named <laughs> no i under like i i get it and that's you know that is the continuity of, yeah you and, I. and none of, but regardless of that you could still make a cool oh, x-men they brought they brought in quicksilver yeah you could still make a good movie with those x-men i don't argue that but like they had nothing no chemistry the, their outfits were terrible. Like there was like nothing memorable about, about it. Yeah, they just they just washed into a bunch of bratty kids, and I think they all died, as I recall. So <laughs> no, they didn't all die. Uh, that's yeah. too bad. Um, uh, all right. Anyway, okay. So things that comics took from movies and got wrong. There was one huge gigantic. No, comics thing. took from movies and did better. Oh, did better. I'm Is sorry. Is the vice versa. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I was all prepared to go on to my Nick Fury, my, my Nick Fury coming from the MCU into the Marvel Universe. You want to do a black Nick Fury? I'm fine with that. But don't do it in the way it's like, oh, it's Nick Fury's kid. And he's got an eye patch. And he, yeah, he looks just like Samuel Jackson, doesn't he? You can't even tell. <laughs> like, fuck off. <laughs> Oh my God. All you had to do is just be like, this dude shows up, looks like Samuel Jackson, wears an eye patch, says he's Nick Fury. And everybody goes, No, you're not. And he goes, Yeah, I am. I have been for 30 years. The other guy was a robot. The other guy was a plant. The other guy was a scroll. The other guy was anything. <laughs> you know, like, just come on. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, yeah, I get it. You're not wrong. Um, but what about something that the comics took from the movies and then, and then did it, a did a better job? See, I'm having, can you think of an example? I'm having a lot of trouble with that. Honestly, I'm having a lot of trouble trying to think of a good example of that. I would argue, I don't know that there is a thing that the comics took the ball with from a movie and ran and it was a touchdown. You know? <laughs> um, I'm going to say the characterization of, of Tony Stark uh, as an example of something that the comics took from the movies and then, and then made it and made a success with it. I'll say it improved, because, but I mean that Tony was always kind of that. Tony, no, he wasn't right? though. He, he really was not. No. If you look back at Iron Man from pre Iron Man movie, the, no, the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, imprint 
All right, that's uh, okay. Le- it left an yeah. indelible mark on that character. All right, that's fair. And um, and I think for the better because I don't think Tony Stark was ever that interesting before this. Yeah, I'll give you that. It, they definitely they made him like they always said like he's a rich playboy and he's da 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 and you know, but he was yeah. never Bruce Wayne, you know. Well, but but and <laughs> the, that's and but that even, is okay, the thing even is Bruce that, Wayne, like, the, yeah. The, the the thing about Iron Man pre Iron Man movie is that all the coolest, all of the most interesting stuff that happened to Iron Man th- had already happened and been twenty years past. That's fair. Like Demon in a Bottle, yeah. Like, which is a great story and of course very compelling. And the idea that Tony is a recovering alcoholic, sure. Yes, absolutely. And that's still part of his character, and it was a part of his character then. But when you read stuff like. Uh, Kurt Busiek's Iron Man or, or Avengers. It's yeah. just like, nope, he's just a guy that doesn't drink. He's a smart guy in a suit. Yeah, it, the, he doesn't have, he does not have that spark. Right. I mean, like, that they brought to the character. The biggest thing like they did was like, oh, he disagrees with Reed Richards on this. <laughs> right. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, you're, you're right. I don't think, I think that's probably the best answer. Uh, now, something that com- some something that uh, comics took from movies and then did poorly is 100 uh, percent the organic web shooters from Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, that was just gross. because um, we couldn't just give him organic web shooters. We had to give him claws and a sticky back, and, and, like all kinds of stupid shit. Yeah. And it's somebody we not too long ago, we were talked about Brand New Day and, and smashed it and smashed it and smashed it. And I can't remember who it was. It was a friend of mine was like, look, man. I'm not going to tell you that I hated that series and it was the only way to get out of that spider totem bullshit. It was like they had to do some alt like reality altering shit to but they, get out but of it. They didn't, they didn't really even get out of it because Dan Slott brought back that spider totem shit time and time. Again. That was my counterpoint. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. had the spider totem shit gone away hundred percent, I would agree. But Ezekiel right. didn't go away. He kept showing fucking up, you know, like, and he was there. The only reason he was there was to hunt down Spider-Man because he's a spider totem and oh, I'm Moreland. Yeah. And Moreland, I'm, oh, bit, pardon me, Moreland. Yeah, and I'm the wasp they, totem or yeah. whatever the hell I am. <laughs> right. It's, and it's, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I would I would I would say that you can make an argument that Dan Slott made lemonade out of lemons, but like it's just it's this this idea that Straczynski had, and again, this is separate from the web shooters, but the spider totem thing where it's like, well, is, didn't you ever wonder why your villains are all animal themed? Yeah. No. The answer is no. It also You know why? Because it's cool to have a villain named the Scorpion. Right. And regardless of that, it goes back to what like What animal is the shocker? Well, there's always been a Spider-Man. From, yeah. What from animal time is the memorial? Here's I want to know. Cave spider person and yeah, old no, west spider man. No, stop. No, stop. I don't want it. Yeah. yeah no, Peter bad, Parker bad, is special bad, bad. because this happened to him. He was a nerd. He got bit by a spider. It happened to him and he it could happen to you. It could happen to me. We take that out of it, then no. Peter Parker is not just some nerd. He's not, right. it, it's not the possible, it's not the Spider-Man right outside your window, you know, that could right. be you. Now yeah, it's this and, ancient fucking prophecy. Like, come on. Sure. Like, and, and, you know, if you want to say, okay, the uh, Sony at the time, 2002, they just didn't think people were going to be able to wrap their heads around the idea that Peter Parker was so smart he was able to invent not only a device that spun webs, but a, a polymer. Like he's, he's inventing like next level uh, military R and D shit in his aunt's attic. Sure. 
right? And so like, okay, fine. I get it. I understand why you did organic web shooters because you ain't got time to get into the whole Peter Parker's uh, unsurpassed also, genius And the director's thing. like, well, if he's a Spider-Man, let's make him spider. That's probably the whole thought and process. Sure, right. That, yeah, that's you know. the, the, the beginning and end of it, right? right? But then 20 years later, Marvel Studios shows up and they're like, listen, not only is this kid a genius, not only is this kid inventor of a miracle fluid that can hold down Captain America and guys with bionic arms and shit, but we're going to say that he is all these things and then never fucking question it again. Well, even Tony sent the car. He's like, you realize how much money you can make off this shit? And he's like, yeah, he's oh. like, wait, who um, I mean, I guess, you know, but like, that's he's not like, what, yeah, he's like, that's in, not what in, Peter's in, doing. In, right. <laughs> yeah. And it's in, in Spider-Man Homecoming, in Spider-Man Homecoming, he shows up and he's, or no, it was Civil War. Uh, in, in Civil War, he shows up at, at uh, Aunt May's apartment and he's like, I want to talk about this fluid. Who invented this fluid? Yeah. And Peter's like, I did. The end. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. And, and that's just like, we spent, we spent so much time at the dawn of comic book movies trying to justify things that we should have just taken for granted and ran with well they were again the thought the thought process was we're not marketing to comic book nerds yeah that's not who we're marketing to we're now marketing to movie audiences and that's right. way bigger and movie audiences we know like this 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 and this and, and our we had got our you know group together and we did the research and this tests well and this tests poorly that's what we're going with period end of story we know what's best. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and that has I mean, changed. And, it, and now just, you have it, a lot more creative freedom with people right. that are paying more attention to the actual. You can trust the source material. Yes. Yes. Right. And it, and and it and works. It's just, we just had such a long, for as much as I love the Tim Burton Batman, like it, we had this like long, dark period where it's like, everything's got to be tied together together everything's got to make sense we have to make the villain of the movie the guy that killed batman's parents right everybody like all the villains have to die at the end every single time yep. it's like and they all learn his identity and they all get killed yeah that's how it goes and it's just like stop just quit it yeah james bond Knock never james bond never had to fucking do that why does batman yeah. <laughs> right come on and they, did it, they did it in the the sam raimi spider-man movies the the, yep. the 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 first two for sure uh where the villain is like oh peter parker spider-man murdered right and immediately dead yeah it's like come on like we could have brought back alfred molina they didn't a, kill everybody on sequel. that subway though joe they didn't kill all those no but that's because when you mess with one of us you <laughs> mess with all of us <laughs> yeah, all right we gotta get out of here let's set up a new question of the week otherwise all we're right. just gonna keep rolling this i know i know yeah it just makes you grateful for how far we've come is all i'm saying absolutely uh this week's question uh is from our own fevered minds uh with modok currently making a splash on hulu it is great you should watch it, it. it's great. very funny and it's just too bad it's too bad we're gonna get this and then they're like sorry hulu you failed <laughs> and they're just you're done uh, well it, it, it's the yeah, <laughs> it, 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 this is a larger conversation it's the it's the very last product of marvel television before that went away right um and it's uh, it's just like you had you had this in you the whole time well, no, thank Pat Oswald because he yeah, is Pat Oswald's a head writer, and this is Pat Oswald. Well, and yeah, Seth like, Green, Robot with his nerd fire hose, him. just spraying nerd. All it's true. Over the screen. It's great. I will. I will say one thing. Uh, they got Ben Schwartz, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> aka John Ralphio, to play Modok's son. Right. It's like, it his is little a, Modok is Jewish, and his son is is like trying to plan his amazing bar mitzvah. <laughs> um, it is a. It is a. It is a crying shame that they did not cast Jenny Slate 
who played Mona Lisa Saperstein as his sister <laughs> on Modoc. Anyway, uh, so with Modoc uh, hitting Hulu, we want to know your favorite C list or below. Yes. Comic book villain. Do not come at us with red skulls. Uh, like we're, we even said, like don't come at us with crossbones. Yeah. No magnet. No magnetos. No saber tooths. Right. I, I don't want to hear no uh, Thanos. No dark sides. I want a like, C list, and I want examples of why they're cool. What you read that made you yes, love this the, dumb the stories villain. you read that made you love them. Um, and so like it's okay if they were in a movie. Like the spider, like Spider Man Homecoming's full of uh, little nods to Spider Man villains. Sure. Uh, but Troc the Leaper shows up in Captain America. He is still a C list villain. Oh no doubt. The but, Rhino, like, not a C list villain. The Rhino, I would say at least B. Well, I mean, movie version Rhino, but yes, I agree. Uh, so yeah, your 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 favorite C list or below comic book villain and the stories that made you love them. Yeah, and the weirder and the more like bizarre, <laughs> the better. The more points. You're like I have my I, like I my answer. Uh, I like I have already talked about how much I love this character for years on the show. So paste pot Pete. I'm ready for it. It's, you're gonna do the paste pot Pete, aren't you? <laughs> you know that that guy used to look like a. Um, his costume was basically like, like an old timey artist or baker. He had yeah. a big floppy hat yep. and puffy sleeve. Like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> I think he actually carried a bucket with paste. He had a, a paste bucket. Pot. Yes, he had a bucket of paste that he committed crimes with. Yes. <laughs> Woof. Woof. All right, we'll talk about it right here next Saturday. On THN Cover to Cover, this Wednesday, we are going to air our THN Take a Look. It's in a book club review of Seven Secrets from Boom Comics by Tom Taylor and Daniela De Nuelco. Nu- Nu-lo- I can't do it. I'm done. Daniela De Nicuolo. Nicuolo De or something like that. And we uh, all so, apologize, Daniela. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, we're taking we're taking uh, Wednesday off from the main show because it is my ninth wedding anniversary. You can send your financial gifts to two editor at gmail.com. There you go. Uh, by the uh, way, uh, Daniel pronounces his name Daniel. I found it on Twitter. He's like, it's just Daniel. <laughs> Oh, weird. Okay, yeah, well, it's you know. the spelling. So, <laughs> is what it is. We'll be back next Saturday, though, to talk about your favorite C list or South villains. C D E F list. Let's do it right here on THN Cover to Cover. My name's Matt Bomb. My name's Joe Patrick, and this is the Two Headed Nerd signing off. <laughs>